Hi, welcome to Warriors Off Court, the San Francisco Chronicle podcast about the Warriors. I'm Ann Killian. I'm a sports columnist with the Chronicle. And today I'm going to be talking to my colleague Scott Osler. We're going to be talking about Draymond Green's brand new contract. He signed a four-year, $100 million contract. And uh, that keeps the heartbeat of the team with the Warriors for the coming years. We're going to talk about it right after this. Welcome back to Warriors Off Court. I'm Ann Killian, sports columnist with the San Francisco Chronicle. And I'm here with my colleague, Scott Osler. Hey, Scott, what's up? Nothing, Ann. I have nothing to say. (laughs) Well, I'm sure you heard the news last week that Draymond Green, the heartbeat of the Warriors, is staying with the team. Uh, He signed a four-year, $100 million contract. Uh, He would would have become a free agent at the end of next season. So this kind of alleviates a whole lot of speculation and drama and contract stuff. What do you think about the move? Well, I thought it was weird, for one thing, is how abrupt and quick it was. I, with all the stuff we've been conditioned to expect, long, drawn-out drama and, uh, you know, rumors, reports, speculation. And this is just like, boom, it just happened. You know, there was more drama when you negotiated your last contract with the Chronicle, I think. <laughs> it was kind of in the same range, yeah. right? But I, it was I, it was very cool. It was a very positive thing for the Warriors, I thought, because they got it done so quick. And it seemed like such an affirmation on Draymond's part, that he was a warrior and wanted to be here and, and everything was good. Yeah, I um, I knew that, I think we all knew that they were going to open ex- contract negotiations this summer. That They made that pretty clear, but I don't think any of us really expected it to be done that quickly. Um, and I have a couple of theories. I don't, do you think, my theory is that the Durant uh, contract hangover from last year that just hung over that team all year long, probably played a factor in both sides wanting to get this done. You know, going into the Chase Center, they want to make sure Draymond's in the fold, but also they didn't want any kind of that that continued speculation that was really a negative all last year. Well, Draymond, I thought, learned a lot from Kevin Durant in a lot of ways. And one of the things he learned was that this kind of stuff does is a detriment to the team, not only to the outside, people like us looking in, but in the locker room. You know, there's just it's just too divisive and all that stuff. And I think Draymond took that to heart because obviously he's the one when he had that sideline confrontation with with Kevin Durant that, you know, he he expressed that, you know, you're not showing loyalty. You're screwing us up. We don't you're you're leaving us hanging here. And so I think he learned that from from Durant. And and you think Steph uh, would have like pointed to him on the bench and said, (laughs) Draymond, you're you're screwing us up. (laughs) Probably not. (laughs) Yeah, that would have been good, though. Yeah. But um To me, Draymond, he's like the most mature player on the team and the least mature player on the team. And in this case, he showed the most maturity. And I thought it was cool. I I thought of a quote. I don't know why I'm dragging this in. But years ago when Jose Canseco played for the A's and he had a bunch of troubles. You know, got arrested for gun things and all kinds of different things. Sandy Alderson was a general manager at the time. And somebody asked him about Jose. And he said, you know, Jose... He grows with every year and every arrest. <laughs> and it's sort of like Draymond, every crisis point is, is sort of a growth point for him. Well, right. And, and in regards to that side of Draymond, I think we as journalists are very happy that Draymond's still in the fold. Oh, he's, yeah. he's one of the great uh, quotes. One of the, he's very, very smart. He has great insight into the game. Um, yeah, the team would not feel the same without him. But, but I also think, um, you know, he left a 
potentially tremendous amount of money on the table. He he could have made potentially more than double what he's what he's agreed to. And um, I'm wondering if you think also he learned a lot. Maybe you know Boogie Cousins did not get his max contract. Uh, you know he saw what happened to Clay in the waning minutes of the yeah. season. Um, nothing's for sure when you're an athlete, especially when you're, you're an athlete. You know, he's. I think he's well aware that uh, he's maybe at the end of his prime. That you know things are going to change for him physically. Uh, do you think that was part of it too? To to agree that that you know why take the risk? Why yeah. why just not just stay? Yeah, and especially you know we've seen the last six years basically basically five or six years the last this team has gone deep 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 in the playoffs all the way for five years, and the toll it's taken. And he's seen that, and he's seen himself break down physically. He's seen other guys like uh, you know. Well, almost every guy in the team, Sean and, and Iguodal and those guys break down physically. And so that's probably part of the thing. He, there's no security. It's not like, oh, I'm going to be healthy and, and productive for 10 years. So that, that was, I would say, that's definitely part of it. Yeah, one, one thing I was thinking about, Draymond, is, is that, uh, you know, looking at it from, from a selfish standpoint, but also a productive standpoint in terms of the Warriors, is that if he were to go, a lot of the fun would go out of the games. You know, he's just a, he's an interesting and fun guy to watch on the court. There's nobody that plays the game like he does. He has a unique style. And uh, it just, when he's playing at, at the top of his game, he's phenomenal to watch. He's as uh, much of a circus act in, in his own way as, as Curry, probably. And I think we saw that, you know, even though he was criticized heavily, uh, he didn't have a great regular season. Then he sheds 25 pounds, yeah. <laughs> gets in phenomenal shape. And was he was just fantastic during the playoffs. I mean, yeah. there are certain people in Warriors Nation that count points and they look at his point total, but that's beside the point with Draymond. I mean, yeah. his just the way he played, the 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 way he plays, the, his how high his motor goes. Yeah. It's just I don't know. There's no you know I, I, pl- GMs around the league say they want to get find a Draymond Green. Yeah. Well, the Warriors have. The real thing, the Draymond Green, yeah. and and I thought he was fantastic during the playoffs. Yeah, it's almost like the game is played at a certain level, a certain rhythm, and everything all during the year, and it kind of picks up a little bit in the playoffs. But when Draymond was playing like he did, it's like the other teams must have been looking at him like going, "Oh, s man, I, this is this is crazy. This guy's out of his mind. He's just like when you play in a playground game and some guy comes in and he's berserk and running, diving around like a madman and everything. It just you look at him like, Jesus, what are we doing here? So Draymond was. A disruptor and went at his best. The uh, the risk factor for the Warriors, I've heard um, some people say, well, they took away this that he would have played it, you know, contract year Draymond basketball. He would have played with this crazy motivation and tried to become Defensive Player of the Year, and so they've kind of taken that away, right? That now he might not. I mean, it's hard for me to think of Draymond as not being particularly motivated, especially in big games or in the playoffs, but um, do you think there's any risk there? I, I would almost say it's the opposite. Now you don't risk having him get injured, having him want to play more than maybe he should, given you know the burden that some he and Steph yeah. are going to carry next year. Yeah, I'd say uh, I'm with you. If anything, he'd be more motivated, and he's going to be super motivated this year because without Durant and, and without Clay to start the season uh, – They've got something to prove, you know. They got something. That we're not just a. We weren't just a superstar team, and and we can play pretty good ball here. Steph and I can. Draymond would say. Um, so he he's got a 
in a sense, he's got to reprove himself this season, and I think he'll be fired up to do that. It's interesting because he, Joe Lacob said, you know, I want Draymond, sometime in the middle of the playoffs, he said, I want Draymond Green on the team forever, yeah. you know, basically warrior for life. And Draymond, I asked him about that, and he said, yeah, of course, I've said I want to be a warrior. But, you know, with him changing agents and everything, I think there was kind of a thought that he was trying to position himself to get a max contract. And so it's, uh, it, especially with the way things have gone down with the Warriors in the last couple of months, it's kind of interesting that he is walking his talk about being loyal to the team and yeah. that he really wants to be there for when the Chase Center opens because he was always, you know, Durant was the one who put the shovel in the ground. Steph is the one who's taking the tour of it. You know, but Draymond and Clay and Steph, the original three, are, are really going to be the pillars of keeping that building, you know, opening that building, making it exciting in, in the first couple of years. Yeah. I, I was on a tour, I don't know, several months ago that Draymond was on. It was his first tour of, the, of Chase. Um, no, still yeah, no so you so and far. Draymond at the same time. Like. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And he was very enthusiastic. He was very fired up about the whole thing. So, and, uh, and I was also thinking back to last, I think it was last training camp, somebody asked him about uh, his contract and the future and everything, and he said something to the effect of, well, you know, it's a business, and I'm going to get out there and see what I can get. He didn't make any commitment at that time, which I thought was weird because when he and KD had that sideline thing, I was thinking back, wait, wait a minute, Draymond, you said the same thing in the last training camp that, you know, you're not here forever and you, you're going to look at other offers, but apparently he had a change of heart. And maybe it was because of the KD thing, but he definitely, at a year ago, he, he said, uh, you know, I'm going to look around and then he changed his mind. There's a lot of talk about whether he's going to break down, you know, the way he plays, yeah. just his body style. I mean, you've looked at this league for a long time. What what do you think? Or is that just one of those things you can't predict? So why not go with what you know, which is the way Draymond plays? Yeah. You know, well, he, he plays so hard. And, and again, they've played so many games. Uh, so I, I think one, one thing Kerr's going to do is, is try to keep his minutes as low as possible during the regular season and give him rest whenever possible. Be put him on not quite the Iguodala schedule, but kind of dial it back a little bit. But yeah, it's realistic to think that that Draymond will break down either all at once or gradually. But that's well, just part of the nature of the game. Yeah, it's going to be a tightrope that Kerr walks because yeah. um, they they want to be competitive. They're opening a new building. They want to you know give those people who are paying top dollar a good show. But they want to be competitive, even if they don't think they're going to be in the top half of the Western Conference, they're sure to want to make the playoffs, obviously. But at the same time, you can't put too much burden on Draymond and Steph, yeah. who have played so many games and, and are getting to the age where you have to think about how much you're going to get out of them for the rest of their careers. Yeah. In terms of load management, I, they definitely have the right coach because I think so many coaches, and I go back to even the Pat Riley days, you know, with the Lakers, he would always come out and say, well, you know, we can't we play magic so we can't play him 44 minutes a night we can't play kareem 42 minutes a night we have to be more judicious we have to give these guys rest and that would work for about two games and then they'd have a tough game against utah or something like that and both guys would play 48 minutes and all that stuff would be out the window but kerr is has more i don't know self-discipline in that respect and if, if he decides he's going to dial back on guys minutes and give them rest days and games off I think he'll do it. He's 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 serious about that. He's one of the few coaches that could actually stick to that. Absolutely. Well, he learned from the best, right? From Popovich. Yeah. 
On another subject, speaking of next season and what what it's going to hold, we got a little tiny sneak preview of uh, what what a couple of the big games are. The Warriors apparently are going to host the Houston Rockets on Christmas Day. I, you, you can cover that, Scott. <laughs> Thank you. Um, what, uh, what do you think about that? I mean, that, that Rockets team is going to be fascinating to watch. Oh, yeah. There's several fascinating Yeah, if you had to rank the teams that are, would be the most interesting or fascinating to watch this year, they might be one or two, uh, even though they're not going to be favored to win. But, uh, yeah, with that cast of characters, that would be phenomenal. And that, and that rivalry... Right. And uh, the hate people around here have for James Harden and so forth. Yeah, and yeah. not a lot of love for Russ either, I don't right. think. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be fun. And then um, and then maybe the big heavyweight of the conference uh, supposedly is going to be who the Warriors open the new building with on, on October 24th. Uh, the Clip- Can I cover that one too? The Clippers are coming to town. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> I'll flip you for it. I better start heading down there now to get a parking spot. <laughs> uh, that'll be fantastic. You know, the Clippers are the team. <laughs> you know, for the last five years, it's been the Warriors have been the team. This year, it's these are the the, the new would be champions or the new preseason favorites and everything. So, um, I, that's a phenomenal matchup. I think so too. In this off season of you know putting together teams like their bricks of Lego and you know trying to build a building and. The the Clippers one to me is the most formidable, at least on paper, because they're George and Kawhi are joining a team that has had success. They made the playoffs last year. They gave the Warriors a really great run. They um, and they have a really great coach. Yeah, and you know yeah. you, you certainly can't, gonna... you certainly can't say that for the Lakers and their Lego blocks that they put together. I mean, yeah. in terms of coaching, you have no idea what's right. going to happen there. I mean, LeBron's the coach, and some of these other. Uh, Put together teams. I just think that that those guys are joining a really good foundation. Yeah, selfishly, I love to cover any game that the Clippers are involved with because you get to talk, talk to, to Doc. Doc Rivers, and he's phenomenal. He's in some ways, <laughs> oh, he's right up there with Kerr in terms of uh, dealing with the media and, and the things he gives you and the things he shares with you in terms of his team and himself and everything. Uh, so yeah, he's he's one of my all time favorites to cover. Yeah, that was uh, funny in the first round last year when. Uh, all the media would gather in the press conference and you'd have Doc and then you'd have Steve Kerr. And we were, we are so easily pleased. We were just the happiest bunch of reporters. People were like saying, this is fantastic. Those little things that, that make us so happy. People actually can complete their sentences and yeah. have thoughtful things to say. Yeah, yeah. And are interesting people. And yeah. We think that the rest of the Warriors schedule and the whole NBA schedule is going to be coming out early next week. So we'll probably have that to talk about on the next Warriors podcast. This is Ann Killian with the San Francisco Chronicle. Thanks for joining me, Scott. My pleasure, Ann. And thanks to G. Allen Johnson for producing. And we'll see you next time. Warriors Off Court is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. Audrey Cooper is the editor-in-chief. If you like this show, we'd love it if you subscribe to it wherever you get your podcasts. And if you've got a minute to give us a quick review, that helps us build our audience so we can keep growing. Support Warriors Off Court and a lot of great journalism with a subscription to the San Francisco Chronicle. There are print and digital editions. Find out more at sfchronicle.com slash subscribe.